On this episode of the Retire ASAP show, we are coming back. It has been a while since we've talked to you guys. We got some market updates and some updates about where we've been. It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and with me, my trusty co-host, Brad Fike. What is up? Where have we been? I don't know where we've been, but I'm trying to figure out where we're going. Wow, that's some deep stuff. Very profound. It is too too early in the morning for a profound statement like that. My brain is swimming. Well, you know, sometimes you got to get up in the morning and figure out where you're going. You know, <laughs> well, maybe at your age, you had you had a milestone birthday. Just hey, recently. did you know that I'm a bona fide senior citizen now? You are a senior citizen at its finest. Did you get your golden Buckeye card yet? Oh, I got that at fifty. Oh, what? they they mail those to you when you hit fifty. Those I, aren't those aren't senior citizens cards, and I always thought they were. I was so mad when I got that, I tore it up and threw it away. So, have you been getting your AARP magazine in the mail? I do now because uh, <laughs> when I went on Medicare, and you can get. ARP before that, too. I think maybe after 50. Anyhow, maybe anybody can be a member of ARP, possibly. Maybe. Anyhow, uh, so my Medicare supplement that I chose is the ARP Medicare supplement. Oh, there you go. And so now I get bombarded. Now they want me, they're sending me surveys on and how I should, what they should do to you know, lobby in D.C. Oh, there you go. You want to get involved in politics. Now. However, the age. Th- their surveys are kind of jacked, so I don't partake. Well, I will say this. You were at the perfect age to get involved in politics because it seems like our presidents are just getting older and older every year. You know, they're in their 70s and their 80s. You're you're young compared to most of D.C. now. I'm a young buck. But you had to be at least 65 to, I, I guess, you know, even get your name on the ballot because I haven't seen someone under the age of 65 in a long time on that ballot. Well, unlike our president, I'd like to say that I am a verified senior citizen, but I'm not petrified. <laughs> verified, but not petrified. Verified. Unlike our president. There you go. definitely verified and petrified. I feel like any of the options in this last uh, two elections have both easily could have been fossilized. We have a lot of <laughs> petrified, fossilized presidents in history, if you want to go back. That's honestly true. That's honestly true. Uh, for some reason, we can't get the young bucks in there to actually know how to you know, get out of bed and run. Well, I blame you senior citizens who don't trust us. Oh, is that what it is? Well, see, now that you're in that age bracket of, uh, of you know, 65 plus, are you going to start yelling at kids for playing on your, your lawn or, you know, get grumpy? And you I'm know, starting to get grumpy. Just It's been, uh, I'm like 10 days in right now. <laughs> you're, a fr- you're a fresh senior citizen. I'm a little grumpier than I was 10 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, all jokes aside, uh, we have been gone for a long time, and gosh, I think the last time we got together was back in December. It was shortly after Tori and I had picked up Theo, um, our six-month-old now. At that point, he was only about a month old, and we had just gotten home from the hospital, but our six-month-old now, and then we went into the holiday season, and then you left on a vacation for a while, and we really just lost track of uh, getting back onto the podcast. Well, and the, uh, my father, your grandfather died yep. in January. So that was, a he was sick for two or three weeks. So that occupied a lot of time other than, you know, outside of work. So we really didn't have time to focus on this podcast. So I apologize personally, uh, for that, that 
Uh, for those of you who absolutely have to have us every other week, uh, just, every wait every month, twice a month, twice a month. That's right. See, I don't even. Re- it's been so long, and now that I'm 65, I can't remember anything. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so twice a month. If you haven't been able, look, we're back. We're going to help you through your day. I know that now that I'm doing a podcast, you know, with you, that I'm I'm going to be back to normal again. You're gonna Are you going to feel young at heart again? You're going to go back like, to 25. I feel like I need that rhythm of this. I, honestly, this is. This really has been a trademark for the last 12, 18 months that we've had the, you know, we, we do this on Tuesday mornings. So the Tuesday morning has been blocked out in the calendar for this long. We haven't had anything go on yeah. during those Tuesday mornings, but it's been blocked out for it. So I, I'm glad we're getting back to it because I think there's some really important stuff that we want to cover for our listeners because there's been a lot that's happened in the last six months, you know, uh, yeah. you know we're here almost the middle of May at this point. And there's been some major shifts going on in the market. We've talked a little bit about what happened last year with the inflation conversation and the volatility with the Russia-Ukraine stuff and how the markets have kind of tried to price a lot of that in. And we saw some bumps in the road early of 2022. And now we're starting to see some of that stuff take a turn. It's almost like we predicted it. Boy, isn't that, isn't that awesome? It's, it's almost like we were the gurus and the prognosticators that knew what was coming in the future. But when we talked in December, we said it was the time to invest because we never know when that's going to happen, when the markets are going to take their turn. And usually it happens quick and it happens quietly. And it does. you don't hear about it in the news or get excited about it till it's already passed, till the markets have already come back and are in a stable place. And we saw a lot of that happen in January, February, March this year. And so we want to talk a little bit about that type of stuff and get people back on the same page there. And then, you know, we can talk a little bit about what we're planning on doing for the rest of the summer when it comes to the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, I went back and listened to the uh, December podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to it and see where we were at in December, but the market still at this point bottomed out in October. And we talked about that in December, how Mm -hmm. the market had bottomed out. It started slowly trickling back from October until our podcast in December when we were talking about it, it was like you didn't even know that it was coming back. You know, right. the news media is throwing all the crap at us that you don't even really realize, you know, a day up in the market and then two days down, a day up, two days down. But it was slowly gaining ground to the positive side. And we talked in December about you just don't know whenever, you know, there's a lot of people who got out of the market. They panicked in the last couple of years. Some of them panicked before uh, at the point of COVID in 20 and never got back in. They're waiting for that green light when it says everything looks beautiful. The market is just rocking. Now I'm going back in. Well, it's never going to be like that, right? I mean, today. And so, and even look at today, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's happened since December. But even today, what are they talking about? Garbage. Yep. Uh, recession's going to be bad. Recession's going to be mild. Recession's not going to happen. These are all the different viewpoints. And now we got the Fed who's going to discuss or they're going to battle over raising the ceiling of the budget, which we all know in the end, they will pass a budget. It'll be, a, it'll be an increased budget because neither party has any kind of constraints on spending. They all want to spend. And I don't care what party it is. You can come back and argue me all day long and I'll show you facts on both sides. But anyhow, this is going to be a political battle. We're coming up to the next presidential election. People are announcing that they're going to run for president. So this is going to be a little check mark for each party to put in their 10 cents of 
this is why we're a better party for the next president because we want to get this budget refined. When all they're going to do is battle, it's going to create a motion. Market's going to get volatile for the next few months, even though we're now past the Fed raising rates, probably. We, we don't hope. know that, but we, yep. we think so. Market's expecting that. And we're going to get into this battle for the next few months. And in the end, they're all going to sign that little budget and it'll all be increased. And then maybe we'll start to see some stability in the market, but it's never going to be a bright green light, right? Oh, absolutely. And this is what we're seeing from DC is some is some typical media jockeying that's going on, right? There's certain personalities that are in the room in Congress that when the cameras turn on, they act a certain way, right? They want to get the attention of whether it be, you know, the left or the right constituents that they support. So I'm going to get really loud and really boisterous about this specific topic, and I'm going to shut this down and be real loud about it the whole time. And then when the cameras turn off, I'm sure it's a very different conversation. All right, guys, we still all have jobs to do. We got to get our jobs done. How can we do it and not look bad to the media for our people you know is that it, the friday afternoon cocktail hour where they all sit around and have cocktails and laugh i'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I i feel like sometimes i'm watching a tv drama like a keeping up with the kardashians whenever i watch whether it be fox news or cnn or whatever side of the fence it is i feel like i'm watching a kardashian show because they're the people are saying the most outrageous things the news anchors are they're all up in arms over stuff and in the end Everyone is just trying to get a job done because no one wants to not get paid, especially the people who work in Congress, right? They are all about how do they get the money for not only in their pocket, but how do they get the money for their next campaign where they want to be elected again for the same seat? So it is all about the money and none of them really truly care about getting all fired up about certain issues. I remember, and I brought this up in a podcast last year, probably somewhere that, uh, well, I was listening to a podcast and they had a guy who's an investment lobbyist in D.C. And he said, it's known fact that whenever a politician goes on the media campaign for the day where he's spouting off, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter which party, doesn't matter. They have more campaign contributions come in that day when they make that little rant you're talking about. Yep. And they all do it every once in a while. You'll see, you know, this guy's on today and he's going about something. They know that they their contributions will increase that day. It's a known fact. So you go, all right. So they get on there and do their little dog and pony show. They know it's going to get some campaign money. You do it once a month or whatever it is. That way you are always got money coming in. It's really sad that that's the world we live in. And unfortunately... What do you do about it? I you mean, know, really, what can we do? About as a complete it? side note, this isn't part of our podcast. But yeah, I we're thought, digressing. Yeah, well, but we're going to do this again because I, I have an interesting one. I don't know if you've heard. There's a new bill that's being proposed. And now whether or not I know if it's actually really being proposed or not, this is all, you know, news media rumor. But it's, it's said that they're going to try to have no stock trading for Congress members because there's been so much information out there since all their all this stuff has been public lately there's so much information about different members of congress on both sides now i know that nancy pelosi gets all the the memes when it comes to who is trading stocks ahead of time with insider information and i'm doing the quotation marks with my fingers because they're congress they know what laws are coming they know who's coming into congress in their private meetings and then they can buy the stocks of those companies on an individual basis it's very interesting but i think it's really funny the number of people that are talking about 
wanting to shut down Congress from being able to trade stocks while they're in office is a very small number compared to the Congress members who aren't saying a darn thing about it. Because I think they all know they can line their pockets down there this way, and they have been for years and years and years. Well, they do have advanced information. And my statement has always been, you're still allowed to, and this is, and I think we talked about this in a previous Probably. podcast as well. I am not against them investing. They just have to buy index funds. They can't right. buy individual stocks. You want to buy S&P index mutual fund or ETF and you want to buy whatever index, but you're not picking stocks. I think that's what it should be while you're in office. After you're out of office, I don't care what you do. Yeah, I have a social media account that I follow. I can't remember what the name of it is now, but he follows the trades of Congress members. So he looks and sees oh, what like Congress member that. is trading what stock on what day. And then three, four, six months later, he comes back and goes, remember when I told you they were trading this stock? Look what happened. And then they talk about, you know, this bill got passed or this regulation got mentioned and this stock price either went up or went down or whatever. It's really interesting. Yeah. But I, it's the sad part, I think, of all that D.C. stuff. So anyway, we've totally digressed from talking about the markets. But let's let's swing back around to what's going on right now, because end of 2022, things weren't pretty. I mean, they, they weren't still declining, but it was almost like we were in this doldrum or this desert out there of the markets were just going up a little bit and then down a little bit and just zigzagging there at the bottom of the trough. But there was a major change that happened earlier this year, and we've seen some really good returns across the board, whether or not the news media likes to talk about it. You have some numbers maybe you want to throw out there of what's going on right now, but it looks like things have started to improve. Yeah, they have. And I, and if we go back to December when we were talking, the uh, it was looking like large cap growth stocks, large company companies that are designed for growth in the share price where you make you know the most money but they're highly volatile which right now you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of healthcare medical companies in there you're seeing a lot of tech companies in that realm they're, they're all over the different sectors but the majority and the bulk are gonna, you're going to see a lot of those in like the nasdaq or sometimes in the s&p 500 some of those growth stocks right and so anyhow they had hit a low uh, in october of last year I'm going to give you approximates. I don't have exact numbers for that. But in October, most of those hit a low. Some of the funds that we use were down as low as 32, 33% at that right. point. Then by the end of December, uh, a lot of them were only down in the 20s. So anywhere from 21 to 27, 28% down. So they started to come back like we had talked back then. It's just a slow tick. And for those listening, those those are the full-blown stock exposure types of the portfolio. So you're yes. looking at the comp have the most volatility when the markets are moving, yeah. whether it's good or bad. So yeah, when things were bad, 30%, that's actually pretty normal in the grand scheme of things when you look at standard deviations and over a long period of time for those types of investments. So it wasn't good for sure, but it was well within the realm of what to be expected. Yeah, and most of our clients don't own just those. And that's another thing to say. They, they, you know, they have a portfolio blended with those with you know, some growth and income uh, type funds. And then you also have some bond funds in your portfolio. So anyhow, I'm just piecemealing it out of there because yeah. the highly volatile and segment is going to be growth stocks. One of the highest ones, you know, right. without getting into even a little bit more risk and some other types of funds. So then at that point, we we're like, you know, this is a great time to get in because the, the green light isn't ever going to come on. We know that. Right. And if you're sitting on money on the sidelines going, oh, I'm just going to wait it out. I'm going to wait. The news media has got me all freaked out and the world's freaky. But OK, so it had started ticking from October to December. Well, let's look at it from where it's been from December to now. 
And let's think about all the negative news since January 1 of this year. Bank failure. That's a big one. Um, Political issues with the budget. That's been talked about a lot. What else has been out there? Continued Ukraine talk in January. We don't hear much now, okay? Because it's not the top headline, but we did still in the beginning of the year. January was still Ukraine talk. Inflation has been the largest piece of this whole puzzle. Absolutely. And that we were going to go into a recession, everybody from major to minor to none. And that's still the talk, right? right? And they still think the Fed overshot it. Who knows? We aren't going to know that for the next maybe six months. Although I'm starting to hear more chatter about a more mild recession. Definitely we'll go into recession. This is just what I'm hearing from money market or economists that we listen to podcasts of Mm -hmm. and we get emails with uh, lots of information and also money managers from different institutions that pretty much go on. It looks like a mild recession at this point, although we don't know. We really don't. And what we don't know is the uh, biggest concern now is with what the bank failures going on, banks are now tightening up on the loaning side. So they're not giving loans out to aggressive, uh, higher risk type loans to these small companies. So that by them not injecting new money by loaning money as much as they were, they think that could pull us into a little deeper recession right? because now these companies don't have the funds. And really, let's look at it. Corporations are the bigger effect of an economy than just the consumer. I mean, they, they, yeah. they spend millions or billions of dollars a year. And when they tighten their belts, that's when we feel it economically. And not that the consumer doesn't have a big piece of that. I'm just saying that. that, So if that's happening, then the recession could be more than mild. This is the risk factor right now. But when you've been hearing this all year, and we've had this massive bank failure with two banks, basically. And then now all these little regional ones are all talking chatter, 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 are all going to fail and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And people are running out of them. And, you know, there's a lot of really good regional and small banks that are well run that are not going to have any issue. Right. But all this chatter and after all this chatter and oh, it's not a green light yet. Right. If I'm sitting there on the sideline with my money in the in the savings or money market account, which actually are paying quite well now in a money market. Yeah. Now that interest rates are up. But that's going to be short term. We may see that for the rest of this year, some decent interest rates there. But and we can talk about that in a little bit by going into those. If you go in for six or 12 months, then when that interest rate finally starts to drop down, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Do you go back in the market? If you do, you may have missed the next future 12 months. Right. So you may have actually made less money 12 months from now than you would have if you just put it in the market today, which has all upside potential in most circumstances, depending on what you're investing in, Right. where the, the money market account paying four and a half or 5% is not guaranteed. I haven't seen too many of them that are guaranteed much more in 12 months if they're even doing that now. I haven't looked lately. Right, I haven't looked lately either. So if I get 5% guaranteed for 12 months and then I say, okay, now I'm going to go in the market because things look like they've washed out a little bit. You just missed 12 months. It might have been double digit. You don't know that. And it could have been down double digit. Sure. But the potential of loss could be there. So So, go ahead. All that to say, things are doom and gloom. That's what it sounds like. Yes. And the markets suck. I don't know if I have a better word for it. According to what all the talk is, you read the newspaper, you watch the news, you talk to your buddy at work. You know, everyone's saying, boy, things are rough out there, aren't they? 
But in the grand scheme of things, if we look from December to now, what has the market actually done? So if we look at the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest corporations and in the U.S. Most people, gave, between that and the Dow Jones, those are the kind of the gauges of the market when you watch news. Right. And the S&P is a broad market. So, I mean, it's 500 companies. It's up 7.78% year to date. What, you, you said up? Up. seven. That can't be true. I watched the news and it's bad. You must mean 7% down. Nope, I'm up 7.78. So there's good stuff actually going. Wow, okay, tell me more. Uh, the NASDAQ composite. So mostly tech companies. Uh, yeah, most tech companies, but all different uh, angles of those companies. Which, which Some is, of those got hurt the most last year, so they're probably still hurting pretty bad, right? Well, they're up 17.11%. 17. As, this is as of the end of yesterday. And, and so we're talking about, is this middle of December or end of December? January 1 till now. Oh, so we're just talking about from January to today. Yes. It's up 17. That's correct. Oh, okay, gotcha. So that's good news. Now, gotcha. if you take the NASDAQ 100, which is the 100 top companies in the NASDAQ, okay, mm-hmm. 100 companies. The real big boys. It's the real big boys. The composite has all the transportation, all these different angles. In it. Anyhow, the NASDAQ is up 21.5 for the NASDAQ 100. Th- that can't be true. Which, that, just, that just can't be true because I, um, I saw... I saw a guy on TV tell me that it was bad out there. I'm telling you, there's a lot of ugly stuff going on. Well, I'll tell you where it's ugly. There is some ugly pieces. Let me oh, tell you. Tell me about the bad stuff because it can't all be good. There's oh, no I'm going to talk to you about, remember we talked about as interest rates go up, mm-hmm. and I said that what's going to happen to smaller and medium-sized companies are going to have to tighten their belts because they're not going to get the funding that they were getting because the banks are tightening their belts on loaning money out, right? Right. Well, the S&P uh, small cap, 600, which is the 600 small companies in the U.S. It's funny because we say small companies, but they're, you know, revenues like hundreds of millions of dollars, but it's just not as big boys. Smaller companies that usually carry higher debt, okay, because they're trying to grow is down 2.1% this year. So it's negative. Ha, I knew there was bad news. It was, it's bad. It's down 2%. I knew there was something bad. Yeah. Wait, so, did, th- but just 2%? Just the small caps. That's only 2%. Only 2% on like one Still of the highest. Still not bad. That's like one of the riskiest asset categories is the small companies. With the highest interest rates there are going on in years. And it's only down two? Yeah. It, but you said it was bad. I thought it was supposed to be really bad. Okay. All right. So that's not too bad, but that is bad news. Okay. So I'm glad there is something bad. I'll bring there. some more bright light to you. <laughs> there can't be any more bright light. I'm telling you. I'm going to bring a look. Now, I use the Dow Industrial Average because you Everyone always hear loves the, the Dow. S&P, the Dow, and the NASDAQ, right? That's what they always quote. Everyone loves the Dow even though now, it doesn't really tell you that Now, the Dow hasn't done as good as the rest of them, but they're up 1.42%. Not great, but uh, that's the total industrial index of the Dow. It's not just the Dow 30. It's the industrial, which is a lot of times what so they quote. So yeah. we're up 1.42. If you go to the 30, I didn't get that number, but it was, it was a little bit higher. Okay. Um, now there is parts of uh, we're we're just talking U.S. market here, right? I mean, it's doom and gloom, right? Banks are failing, interest rates are terrible. We're going into recession, and the Fed may have may be starting to pause now. So that was positive. But just for those of you sitting on the sidelines that got all this fear built up in you because of what you're listening to, you missed out on that this year. This is double-digit returns for a lot of those. Yes, that's right. Now let's go look at the world market. Well, if the U.S. is doing bad, I can almost guarantee the rest of the world is doing bad, too, because the U.S. is the only place on Earth that things are good in. You are so wrong on that, that, my friend. No way. The FTSE, which is the an all-world index, okay, 
and uh, it is does not include U.S. Small companies, okay, the higher risk element of that, right? Right, and they they were bad in the U.S., so they're going to be bad the rest of the world, right? Yep. So the uh, U.S. small cap index is up eight point one seven percent year to date, January one till now. So eight point one percent for non-U.S. small cap companies. No, Dif- but the U.S. the U.S. ones were down too. So you're telling me outside the U.S. things might That's actually be better. And booty so far, unbelievable. And then if we look at the FTSE All World Index, the International All World X non-U.S. Up nine point two six percent. Okay, so that's that's a big broad market right there. But what we're seeing is, and I'm not saying that's going to continue, but the U the U.S. market is a little bit behind what a lot of the world has done so far year to date. That to me is just it's the perfect example of what's going on when it comes to. Um, not listening to the news media, not listening to the people who are around you that are just spreading some of the rumors that they've read, whether it be on social media or they saw it on the late night news or just whatever that is. This is the perfect example of that because all this negative stuff is being talked about, but yet there's so many good things that are going on. There's, and I wouldn't, I don't want to call it recovery because Recovery gives this idea that we were in this major recession already and we're on our way out of it. But the reality is, is that this is the ebbs and the flows of the market the way that it has been and always will be. There's going to be good years. There's going to be bad years. And no matter what, and it, we talk about, you know, the 2010s being the, the bull market decade of just unbelievable returns. Every year throughout those 2010s, and I started in 2014, every year that I worked, there was always this nasty negative conversation about something. Even though markets might have been really good, there was always somebody talking about something, whether it was political stuff, whether it was geopolitical stuff when it comes to Europe, you know, there was all kinds of different things that happened, and then they never panned out to stop the market from growing. And so this is the exact experience we're having. We go through COVID. Somehow the markets are resilient. They make money. Okay, that's crazy. We go through the highest interest rates we've had in uh, you know 50 years. Wow, somehow we're finding a way back out of this hole, just like we've always done when it comes to the markets. And there's some sort of growth to wealth for those who are willing to take the risk. It's interesting. Well, and I think the biggest comment out of all this, you know, as I give all those numbers out, is the fact that there is no green light. If you're sitting on the sidelines, you're missing out. If you're waiting to go in because you just inherited money or you sold a business and you just don't want to put it in yet because you're still fearful or you put it in to where you can get a single digit uh, return in a money market, say say if you even went 5%, you got to go online to get that kind of a number. But that 5% isn't going to last that long. And by the time you take it back out of that, you make that 5%, which, by the way, inflation's still higher than that. So you're not really getting right. anywhere. And yeah, the market's down, but you're not getting anywhere there because inflation's high. But the potential for return is in the market, okay? Not sitting in a fixed, in, a fixed money market account making 4 or 5% because that will end. As soon as the Fed, if the Fed pauses, you're going to start to see probably the expectation is interest rates will start to tick down next year. That means when your 12 month uh, CD or money markets up, now I'm going to, okay, I'll go back in the market after that because I just made a whopping 5%. Right. Well, if it's 100 grand, how much did you really make? Okay, five grand, right? 
over yep. a year's time. Right. But what if the market goes up six or seven percent like it already has just in four months, a little over four months? That's seven grand in four months. If you multiply that times three, you could have a pretty good booming year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Right. I'm just saying the potential is there. The potential is also there for it to go down that much. Sure. But the point is, it sounds great today, but when you're done with that money market at 5% and the market is already, it, let's say it continues to tick like it has till next spring, then you're going to go, okay, I'm going to take that and put it in the market. You just missed probably more than what you would have got if you'd have uh, just went in the market today. Exactly. And that's, and that's the thinking of all this. And when we design a retirement plan for our clients, we don't, we don't, do that lightly. We don't look at these portfolios and go, yeah, just let's sprinkle a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We will call it, you know, a good meal. It's, it's very intentional what we're doing. We're exposing our clients to a certain amount of risk that they're comfortable with and trying to get a good solid average return over a long period of time so that it meets their goals in their retirement plan. So if they need five grand a month for the rest of their life, but we need to adjust that for inflation every five or 10 years. Well, that's a big deal, right? So where are we going to get those returns from? If we can get them from fixed products, if there's something out there like a money market account or a CD or an annuity that can get them enough return guaranteed that they can have inflation adjusted income for the rest of their life, you better believe we're all over that. The problem is, is and most of you who are listening understand this, when you look at your retirement account, there isn't enough money in there for you to survive on a fixed interest rate for the rest of your retirement without working. And so what people end up having to do is saying, I need to take a little bit of risk. I need to get some better returns out of the market, whether that's six, seven, eight percent average, whatever I can get out of there for, for this account, for me to work my retirement plan the way I want to. Now, there's a couple of ways to go around that. You could save more money, certainly. Yeah, go ahead. If you can save more money, wouldn't you have already been doing that? Most people, most people don't have an issue with saving money because they just don't feel like it. They have an issue with saving money because they don't have the money to save. They're either spending it all because their expenses are too high, or they just aren't making enough at their, in their job. And that's okay. You just have to put the expectations different on what the retirement plan looks like. So finding that return and trusting the process of, yeah, there's going to be a 2022 out there where you may lose 10, 15% in a diversified portfolio. That's okay because the following year in the first five months, you're already up 7%. So you've wiped out a lot of that loss and ongoing for the next five to 10 years, you're going to see those positive returns. Now we can't guarantee what the future is going to bring for the markets, but historically, when we look back, we have over 100 years of data that show that from point A to point B over long periods of time, the markets are always growing. And so if that's the best we can go off of, I'm willing to trust it. And the reality is when you look at the reason why markets grow is it's because companies are the center of what the market is. And there is no company out there that's saying, boy, wouldn't it be nice if we just shrunk and died? Every single one of those companies that you're investing in is trying to grow for themselves, for their employees, for their C-suite, all those executives at the top who want their big fat bonuses. They're trying to grow for that reason, which then in part means they're trying to grow your shares. So everyone wins. But the, the long-term reality is that you have to trust, even during the bad times, that the long-term process of investing works. It has, and we're planning on it working for the rest of the future. Well, it has for over 100 years. So what and w there's been some pretty negative business uh, in the world. A uh, couple world wars back through all that 100 years. I mean, there's some major 
stuff. It just, you know, it goes back to that snake in the grass mentality where we see current affairs in front of our eyes, like a snake crawling in the grass. He can't see the forest in front of him where, you know, today we see all the news media, the ugly stuff right in front of our eyes. We can't see the long-term perspective. And that's why we always talk to clients about you got to keep a long-term perspective on this. You can't get caught up in the short-term volatility. And if you do, you're sitting on the sidelines. Absolutely. And, you know, right now it's a golden day sitting in the bank because you're getting 4 or 5%, but it isn't going to last very long. And the reason why it's 4 or 5% is interest rates – are high right now by the Fed, but also the fact is there's a lot of jittery market people out there who don't want to go in the market, and so for, therefore they're running there as well. So that's going to end, my friends, and when it does, it's going to be too late to get in the market and capture this beautiful opportunity because we have a buying opportunity still. I'm I'm a total bull on that whole thing. Yeah, bull market guy. Bull, n- not bull, not you know. BS, but no, bull BS. market. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's it. <laughs> Different kind of bull. No, <laughs> no, that's good. And and we'll wrap this up because we're going longer than usual on this episode. But it's been a while since we talked to you guys. You have to trust the process. If you've designed a retirement plan that requires you to get certain types of returns to keep up with your inflation inflation adjusted income over the long period of your retirement, you know, for a lot of you, 20, 25, 30 plus years that you may be retired. I have clients who are retiring in their 50s now. That's almost 40 years if they're going to make it to age 90. So, I mean, that's not crazy to think that you have to have really solid, healthy returns in a good diversified portfolio, and you have to trust that process if you're going to survive all the way through retirement without going back to work. So, if that is something you need some help with, you're thinking, man, we really need to look at our retirement plan, you can head over to our website, fikeadvisors.com. There's a schedule now button in the top right corner. Schedule time to talk to me. We can uh, do it via phone, Zoom call here in our office if you're local, whatever works for you. But what we want to do is help you figure out what's the best plan of attack. How do you get done with work as soon as possible and start getting your freedom back to do the things that you actually love doing? So again, fikeadvisors.com, click the schedule now button. We're going to wrap this up. We'll be back here in a couple weeks um, with a new episode because we're getting back into this, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Yep. Things have settled. I was gone for uh, six weeks. So, you know, I had to take a sabbatical. Well, but the sun's out, and we all know, based off of the sun being out, that's fishing weather for you. So we just got to make sure you're here on Tuesday mornings. Can well, you take one morning off of fishing just to talk well, to our I'll friends? do a podcast live from the boat. How's that? Well, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> but I can, I can I see you going in. overboard. <laughs> uh, it might happen. Yeah, we won't do that. Oh, shoot. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you guys here in the next episode. Again, if you have any questions, head over to fikeadvisors.com. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.